Hi, everyone. I'm Claire Liu, and I'm the CEO of Know Your Team, software that helps you become a better manager with tools to help you run better one-on-one -on -one meetings, get feedback, and get status updates. And it is my absolute pleasure to have on the heartbeat today, Jeff Kahn, who is the CEO and founder of Rise Science, this absolute incredible company that could not be more relevant today. What they do is they have a app called Rise, which essentially helps you make behavior modifications all around sleep. So you actually don't have to wear a single thing, which I found brilliant. So they take all the data that you already have on your phone, or if you use a Fitbit or Aura, analyze it, and they help you focus on exactly what you need to be changing to be more healthy and productive and just be feeling better and could not be more honestly kind of uh, what sort of geeking out about being able to talk to someone who's <laughs> spent their life work uh, life's work thinking about sleep Jeff it's something I've been thinking a lot about in terms of leadership as well and yeah pumped to ask you this one question about leadership yes hit me I'm ready for it you ready this is okay also just yeah I'm ready but before you ask me the question I just want to say yes. it is uh, beyond humbling to hear you say that. And also beyond humbling, you have some amazing people on this show. And everyone I talk to, even at the company, they're like, Jeff, you're talking with Claire today. Like everything she puts out is so good, so high quality. It's something I go to. Like I literally, like when I need help figuring out what's in a one-on-one, -on -one, I go to you. So seriously, thank you for providing that resource. And like, I, I you know, don't say that lightly. It's really, um, it's, it's a important resource for the community. So uh, thank you. Well, I'm glad we're recording this, Jeff, so that everyone could hear that. That's that's very <laughs> that's nice for my ego. It's I'll take it. I will take it. I'm trying to everyone. Ego, no, this is great. This is you know I'll be playing it in a loudspeaker in my apartment later today. Um, no, yeah. that's that's truly kind. On uh, let's right exactly. Um, let's do the question then. Okay, so here's the question that I've yeah. been asking leaders literally for almost the past three years, and the question is what is one thing or several things that you wish you would have learned earlier as a leader? Yeah, the I mean, so I'm new to leadership and let me point that out. Um, I, I'd say that the short thing that like immediate, I di specifically didn't want to prepare for this question and just let it come naturally and see where my mind went. Yeah. And it immediately goes to, um, the importance of just really being in tune with, uh, I think what's most important as leader, which is your sort of emotional presence with what you're doing. And I just mm. think that that's so important to be like, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one that you're about to have with an employee uh, and all hands you're about to give, uh, getting on a sale, whatever it happens to be, I've found, you know, early in my career was doing a lot of work and now it's working with a lot of people, enabling them to do really great work. And that's just the thing that I, I, I've realized like I needed. And so like I, I, for me, I have to realize that like I've actually got to take time out, of, you know, time out of my day to go on runs, obviously to prioritize my sleep, to eat well, to not work. Sure. Like that is essential. Otherwise, I just find that it's so hard to be present and to, um, you know, just to take every day and say, wow, this is an amazing opportunity to get to do something that I love. And mm -hmm. to have that energy around is something I wish I, I learned earlier. And, and, um, and I hope that I can just apply even more. And 
it's simple, but like I still forget it today. And I've now been doing this for, for a while. So, you know, we're a small team, we're 11, but um, being like, emotionally present yeah. is essential. Well, I was about to say, it's almost like when, the, actually maybe the fewer people that you have on a team, the more important it is to show up with that emotional presence, just as perhaps the more intense something is, can be so counterintuitive, perhaps it's even more salient to be leaning back and taking time <clears> off. <throat> I mean, here's here's a funny, or not a ha-ha funny thing, Jeff, but just like a hmm, sort of a puzzling thing I've been thinking a lot about lately around emotional presence is, why do we forget that that's important? Like for you. Yeah. Did you never, did you ever, for, so was there ever a time where you, where you knew it was important and then you came, you forgot and you came back to it? Or was it a thing where one day it hit you and you were like, whoa, that's what I've been missing from being able to perform well as a leader? Yeah. Um, so about a year ago, mm-hmm. almost to the date, my daughter was born mm-hmm. and, Beautiful. Uh, I started going to therapy, not because I felt like I needed to, uh, you know, not like I felt like I had a problem and I need to go to therapy to fix it. It was like, Mm. I have employees and their families that are depending on me. I now have a new daughter. I now have a wife that really needs me. Like there's a lot of change that's going on and I want to make sure that I'm just, I am able to be present and to be the best version of myself that I can be. Now that's why I went in after about three months of sitting down in the chair and okay. you know my therapist saying how are you doing and i and it took me a while to realize i was like i'm actually not doing that well i'm not really i'm not doing well i'm anxious i'm stre- yeah. more stressed than i am i'm way more afraid of failure and so that just process of like really checking in and trying to answer the question how are you really doing and it's how we open up all of our one on ones where mm. it's a chance for myself and my direct report to just talk about how are we actually doing as people and i've just realized that in this, that it was a moment where I didn't even know that I wasn't present and not doing well. You know, I thought I was fine. And Mm. it just took this process of realization for me that like, no, I actually wasn't doing that good. And, um, and I've just found that to be so freeing for me to be able to show up and say, you know what, not everything's gonna be perfect. Some days I'm going to be read. Um, and I just still find that really hard. I, I, I don't know. I, I grew up in a family where if things aren't great, you know, or if you're not, if, if you're not feeling good that you need to, that there's, you know, that fix it, there, there's a problem, you can just go and get it done and improve it. And I've been really trying to work on like, maybe things aren't good all the time. And that's actually okay. <laughs> um, so, and being yeah. able to show that with your employees. And so um, that's a, just a change that's happened and a, a time when I realized, but it, but it took three months, like literally a therapy to realize I actually wasn't doing well and that I wasn't mm-hmm. emotionally present. And Absolutely. Um, I didn't know how I was feeling. So, Jeff, anyway. I can't even. Uh, it's I. I can't even uh, begin to uh, just, yeah, express how grateful I am to you for sharing that because it is the I think perfect example or manifestation of something I think almost every leader that I have talked to has experienced and yet not has has not always been able to articulate or be as forthright about, which is 
that we all as leaders have this natural tendency to want everything to be okay, to have the answers, to solve for everything. That's why we're in the position in the first place. And our world rewards us for that, right? We get the external affirmation, we get, I mean, monetary rewards, whatever it is, we are rewarded for, for saying we're winning, it's all okay, I'm, I've got it, I'm solving it. And so what it infers yeah. is that the inverse is not, right? That yeah. feeling unrest or the form it takes for me is, I mean, is absolute anxiety and or restlessness yeah. and almost, you know, sort of circular doubt of am I doing enough? Are we doing enough? What do you feel? Fast enough? What's the, yeah. what's like the emotional energy that you feel around the anxiety is it you know how do you experience it what does it feel like when you're having that day where it's like am I doing this right am I really doing the right thing what does that like feel like to you absolutely I think for me it's a heaviness of my own self-judgment so it's a very harsh critical voice and not from anybody mm-hmm. else, not from customers, mm-hmm. you know, not from any of our partners, et cetera, not from anyone in the team. It's this, you know, other voice of, of Claire, who I, th- you know, I, who yeah. I think I might be of, of, you know, poking around and, and just being really hard on myself. And I think, you know, I think that voice is, is maybe different for, for a lot of people or that feeling mm-hmm. comes up for a lot of people. But I know for me, sort of my, my biggest demon that I always have to wrestle with when it comes to being emotionally present is understanding, ooh, I have a tendency for being very self-critical and <laughs> more than anyone would ever, ever be on me or that I would ever be to anybody else. <laughs> And yeah. 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 How about for yourself? Yeah, no, I would say that's it. Um, failure looms larger than it should. Like it feels like if something doesn't go right, that mm. that it, it like I think heaviness is actually something that I yeah. feel like it. It almost feels like it's just harder to to move throughout your day. Everything feels like it carries much more weight than it actually does. That it has sort of longer term. Um, it might have longer term implications than it actually does. And yeah, I think that, um, I mean, the self-criticalness as a leader happens for also just something I see in myself. And, um, yeah, I, the, the question of like, how did we get here, uh, is, is an interesting one, but, but, you know, yeah, you always need to, the point that is it okay to, for things not to be okay. And how do you go up at work and do that in the right way? I mean, obviously, is it okay to just say, I'm not, I'm feeling terrible today. I'm not feeling confident about the business. I don't know what's going on. You know, should you show up and say that? Or, you know, how do you, you know, how do you think about that when you're not having maybe uh, a day that you're, you're just not feeling, you're not, you're not absolutely. feeling good you're about not what feeling you're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, it, it absolutely happens uh, for everyone. And I think, I mean, there are definitely a few things that, that I've tried to internalize and when I talk with other leaders that have worked really well for them. And, and one of them, Jeff, and I don't know if this is something you do, but one of them for me has been just reminding myself that everything changes. So the way I feel right now is going to change. 
It might be in 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. it might be in 10 hours, it might be in 10 weeks, but it will change. So it's not this sort of Mm -hmm. everything changes. So the business is either going to get better or it's going to get worse, but it's definitely not going to stay exactly where it is, (laughs) right? Like it will change. So there's, there's that reminder, which I think helps to understand. I think, you know, when people, and this is more of a general statement, you know, when people uh, experience suffering, right? It's because they don't believe anything could get, it could change, right? Or that they they fear mm-hmm. a state being prolonged for longer than they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so the, the fact that something can change is always useful for me. The other thing I think a lot about is just how much mm-hmm. is out of our actual control as a leader. We think so much that we can yeah. influence the knobs and buttons and we think so much that we can pull the levers. Yeah. And the reality is most of it is actually completely out of our control. Completely. Yeah. Even our own team. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think if you, if you start to that piece of like getting to be at peace with the fact of how little you control mm-hmm. really and how much of the, maybe the only thing you control is the effort you put into something. And even then, sometimes you don't feel like effort, you know, yeah, and you're not exactly. able to put in the effort that you want to put into for various reasons. So it's like that there, yeah, that, that, that point of like, how much can you really control? And, um, you know, one small, this has been a small um, trick for me that has seemed mm-hmm. to work. And I forget where I learned it. Um, but you know, if you're, I'm sure uh, the amount of help that you've been given from other people is tremendous. And I think all of us have been, and um, I certainly feel that way. And anytime I go in, you know, whether it's before sales meeting or a really important, you know, meeting with the team or uh, an important conversation with one of our employees, and I'm sort of feeling like, oh, I'm just not myself. Mm. There's been one thing for me that's reversed it almost like a pill every time. And it's, I will spend about, two to five minutes writing a thank you email to someone that's helped me. Like, just like, you know, it could be uh, just someone who did something nice for you. It could be someone who taught you something. And for some reason that flip to gratitude, and I'm sure there's a ton of science on it has just like, I walk into the meeting and like, I feel like, wow, like I'm just grateful to be here. And that for me kind of opens up, uh, opens me back up. So absolutely. If that's useful to anyone, I'd encourage the usage of that. I, I am almost positive that will be useful to to folks who are listening. And what I think is so beautiful about that, Jeff, is it it does two things, right? So it makes once all the focus of your attention no longer on you and, you know, in my case, me, it makes it on something bigger, right? A bigger idea, something beyond ourselves. It's like we can get beyond ego. We can get beyond, you know, all all the stuff up here. And then I think the other thing that's so beautiful about really, you know, refocusing on, on gratitude is it also brings us to the present. It brings us to, like you said, you know, I can just show up, right? You don't, there's nothing more to be done. And so, I I absolutely I absolutely love that. I also think um, here's a funny thing that I think happens to a lot of leaders, including myself, Jeff, which is we are so well practiced in a lot of these sort of rhythms that mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes we'll encounter a situation 
where it's very stressful or it's really ominous or something, and it could be personal or work or whatever. And maybe we try to do the thank you email, or maybe we try to remember it's not out of our control. And we know we're supposed to be getting to that place and feeling a certain way. And it just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. And uh, you're smiling. So hopefully you can relate here. And I always find those moments the most fascinating when it's when you, you know, the way you should be reacting and it's extremely hard to sort of pull yourself out of that. And that's what I find most challenging as a leader is that you have to continually practice this stuff. Like it's not like a one and done. And it's not like you find your one hack and then you're just good for forever. You will, it's like a continual wave of, of moments of building that, that muscle to rebound again. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They, um, I also, in, we do a lot of work with professional sports teams, and one of the mm-hmm. things we hear a lot is next play speed. So how quickly, if something doesn't go mm. right, you know, you're a play on the bat. I think it's the Duke's basketball coach that's famous for this, but, you know, you you have a play, you set it up, it's supposed to go yep. well, it doesn't. How quickly can you just get back on the court, get onto the next thing, and, and start playing again, and not let the one bad play get to you? Uh, yep. And so that's that's another thing that I have to constantly remind myself to is next that. play speed. And, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I um, well, I one thing that I'm I'm curious about is we're talking right now about sort of tactics and strategies for greeting that situation in the moment, right? But what I'm really <laughs> sort of wondering, Jeff, is what can we be doing as leaders to increase our capacity ahead of time, right? Before the situation ha- happens, before we're wait, we're so depleted that we don't even know that we're depleted, right? What are the things that we can be doing to to really nourish ourselves? And you know, I'm sort of setting you up here for for, for yeah, that you're setting me up because. Like- <laughs> Because there is one thing (laughs) I will tell you that has personally helped me, but I think you're the perfect person to sort of have this conversation with and ask that question to. You know, uh, it's funny that you you bring it up in that way because I think it's it's a useful framing. I was Mm -hmm. sitting down to meet. um, I you know, so my daughter was born. Obviously, not getting a lot of sleep in the first three months. Lots we can talk to on uh, about that. Um, but I was going into a meeting with someone I hadn't met before. And I had a significant amount. I was very sleep deprived. I had a significant amount of sleep debt de- going into that meeting. And I sat down and I just, like the moment you said, I tried the gratitude trick. It didn't work. Um, tried reminding myself it's going to change. It didn't work. But I just felt like yeah. I felt out of place. Couldn't really find my words. You know, didn't feel like I was present and able to just be really there. And nothing worked. And and as I sort of reflected on that that time in that meeting, it, I, I saw how much sleep deprivation I had and obviously I had it quantified. And I was just, it hit me in that moment. I was like, I I, almost, I felt like I let this person down because I, I had so much sleep deprivation. And it wasn't like, I you know, I had, I was probably more well slept than other people, but it <laughs> came to a point of clarity for me that I was like, if I don't keep my sleep debt below four and a half hours, I'm actually letting not only myself down, but the people that I'm with down because my prefrontal cortex and amygdala aren't functioning properly. Totally. Like, and it just hit me like across the head. It was like, wow, okay, yeah, this is, uh, obviously I've been studying this for a while and mm-hmm. there's lots of reasons to care about why 
you know, you should think about and, and take care of, take care of your sleep very seriously. But, um, this is one where in a leadership context, it was like, you're meeting with lots of people all day. And if you care about those people, you, sh- this is probably the first thing that you should be doing. And, yeah. and it's something you have control over for, for the most part. Right. Well, First of all, how brilliant is it that your reaction to what you felt like was a shortcoming or something you wish you would have done better is to be able to point to, oh, I didn't sleep enough. I wonder how many of us as leaders have faced a similar situation and gone, oh, it's because I didn't prepare enough or I didn't do it. You know, I, I forgot to talk to this person or it's because someone on my team failed to inform me about something or because because. Because when, and and here's what, you know, I think has personally been such a capacity builder for being able to handle all sorts of situations is, huh, maybe it actually is sleep. Yes. Yeah. It's, (laughs) um, it's, it's really simple, but if you, uh, if you just like, and this, this is something that we see happen whenever we work with a new team. We'll have a number of people that obviously lots of people have already heard about the science, but there's a lot of people that are skeptical because there's something fascinating in sleep science, which happens, which is that um, the brain tricks you into believing you are less sleepy than you are. So the the way this sort of works is if you get five hours of sleep, you know, on the first night, you'll feel more sleepy the next day. If you do the same thing on the next night, so then you get five hours again, you'll feel more sleepy the next day. By that Mm -hmm. third day, you actually won't report to feeling any more sleepy. So, and then if you just keep getting five hours, you, you, your brain adapts to whatever level of sleepiness you're at. And by the way, if you are getting five hours, you'll report to feeling slightly sleepy. You might feel a little bit tired in the afternoon. Maybe your eyes are closing. You want to take a nap. I think all of us have felt that. If you do feel that, by the way, that's like red alert. Like that should be like red side, you know, red sirens going off everywhere Mm. saying that you could be so much, you're nowhere near your potential as a, yeah. as a human being. Um, and so I think that's the exciting part personally. But, um, you know, that to me is really interesting that we're, we're not aware, our, our brain doesn't let us be aware of how sleep deprived we actually are. Yeah. Um, and we go into a sort of a fight or flight sort of mode where, and I think this is just a helpful way to think about this, which is mm-hmm. um, your sort of the parts of your body that need to function for sort of food, safety, and shelter are, aren't as sensitive to sleep loss as our executive and emotional functioning is. So basically, uh, as soon as you lose a little bit of sleep, like pretty much everything emotionally goes out the window. Your ability to tell facial expressions, your ability wow. to tell if someone's being sarcastic, your the, the part of your brain that generates speech so that you can come mm-hmm. up with the right words, how positive those words are and how positive people perceive them. I mean, you'd never think that your sleep affects how po- like your positive affect, but direct yeah. relationship obviously anxiety and stress and you know we can go down the list but the first thing that goes as you get less sleep is actually the higher order functioning so things like creativity and insight and focus and all the things that you're like as a leader like I wish I had more of yeah and what's exactly. so surprising to me you know I got into this about 10 years ago and um, it was mostly co- because I felt crappy waking up in the morning and as I started studying obviously the first thing hit me is like oh my god this is this incredible lever but the second realization was like, we've this field started almost 100 years ago in Chicago. What have we been doing? Why don't we know that mm. like, like this isn't a new field? Like we know more about this than we know almost about than anything else. Yeah. Um, and so the amount of science on the topic is staggering. And, um, and that's really what sort of convinced me like, okay, this is something I should spend my life doing is yeah. figuring out how 
heck do you help people take advantage of this lever that that they all have? Um, and if we do it, I mean, you just you have way more capacity. All of those, yep. pretty much anything you can measure starts to get better. So um, yep. it's. I feel like we're just like these applied scientists at Rise trying to figure out like what are all the reasons why people don't hmm. get enough sleep and 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 how do we help them and that's the part that's very intriguing to me. But the yep. the benefits when you get more, it's like you just feel it so clearly. So um, so anyway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can personally yeah. personally vouch for that. And one of the things that uh, yeah, and I had told you this before we hopped on this call that I actually love about your your app is just that it makes actionable recommendations around what exact habits you should change. I think a lot of times, you know, when we think about sleep and for, you know, folks who sort of, you know, maybe they've read Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep book or maybe they, you know, they track yeah, sleep on a, on a yeah, on a Fitbit or something, but they, you know, it's just like, oh, I should just be trying to get to bed earlier and you know I should try it and, yeah. and I think um, for for many of us as as leaders we know that if we want any kind of real sustained behavior change it has to be a little bit more precise than that so I'm curious Jeff yeah. you know for all the managers and leaders who are listening to this and going okay I'm bought in right I know that sleep is important but is there sort of instead of trying to, you know, digest all the research that's out there or, you know, listen to all, you know, all sorts of podcasts, you know, if you had maybe one, two, maybe three things that top, you know, tops that you felt yeah. like, okay, this is what you should critically focus on as a manager. So you can help, you know, your creativity, make better decisions, et cetera. What, what might those things be? Yeah, no, it's a, great question and there's just so much out there on this topic and <laughs> yeah exactly um and, and 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 it's like so unfortunately there's a lot of confusion around the topic i think fortunately for mm -hmm. for us like scientists have been very hard at work trying to figure out this question how do you actually get the benefits of better sleep that we all know about like what what is it is it like yeah do i need to focus on rem sleep is it deep sleep exactly. do i get more sleep how, how about quality versus duration? What if I wake up at different times or if I have a special alarm? What about sleep? Mm -hmm. So the beauty is um, in the about early 80s, uh, there's sort of a what I would call sort of the laws of physics for sleep. The, the scientific term is called the sleep and wake, the, the two factor model of sleep and wake regulation. Mm -hmm. And the proposal in this theory was that there are only two levers that matter when it comes to how, how performant you'll be. So all the benefits that we just talked about and all yep. the benefits that people have heard about in Matt Walker's book and all of that comes down to two things. Um, and those two variables are as follows. So the first is called sleep debt. And you heard me mention that earlier. Yep. Um, the way it works is that everyone has a specific amount of sleep they need. Eight hours and 10 minutes is the average in the population, but mm -hmm. there's a 35 minute standard deviation. So you might have people on your team that need seven and a half hours, totally normal. Some people on your team that need nine hours, totally normal. Um, it's a mostly a genetic factor like your height. Now, when you don't get that amount, you build up debt. And how you perform today, your emotional capacity, how linked your amygdala and prefrontal cortex are so that you can regulate your emotion, be happy, not be anxious and stressed out, all the things right. that we talked about, be creative, have working memory. Um, you know, All of that comes from a low, having a low sleep debt number. Yep. So that's really sort of the first thing. And we actually have a paper. It's the, even though sleep science has been around for a while, 
um, there have been some new ways to capture sleep data longitudinally. And so we have, uh, we were, we're at papers and peer review right now looking at that data point, sleep debt, awesome. predicting NFL game day performance, NBA game day performance, sales team revenue performance. Like that is the number that predicts. And if you try and look at last night's sleep to predict performance, you won't find a strong relationship. If you look at uh, sleep quality, you won't find a strong relationship. Um, so, you know, as, as much as uh, you'll hear that it's something else, it's really what is your sleep debt? Now, there's a lot of things you, that can get in the way of, you know, sleep debt, like your mind's racing at night, you're waking up a ton in the middle of the night. And there's yep. lots of ways of solving that. But in terms of like how to think about it, you should think, where is my sleep debt at? And so you're really looking at your last 14 days um, with each recent day affecting you more than sort of the, the, the 14 days back. So that's like law number one. And if you take anything away, it's like, what's your sleep debt should be something that you know all the time and should really be almost like a main KPI in your life. So that's mm -hmm. thing. That's sort of first level. Perfect. The second lever is known as the circadian rhythm. Right. So a lot of people have probably heard this before, or maybe they've heard biological rhythm. Um, the way that it works is you have a clock in your head. And this clock, there's actually a part in the brain responsible for essentially signaling to all of your cells when to be producing energy and when not to be. Mm -hmm. um, so that's cells in the brain, cells in the muscles, cells everywhere. And so as a result of that signaling, you have um, basically two performance peaks in your day. And then you also have two times that are sort of optimal for resting. Um, and so you've got a morning peak, you've got a late afternoon peak pretty typically. Um, but then you also have uh, something that's called dim light melatonin onset. It's a lot of words. But basically what that means is most people are, have heard of melatonin or have even taken it. Um, it turns out the brain produces that naturally. And there's a time that everyone has every night that your brain's releasing a surge of that melatonin if you're under dim lights. And so knowing when that is so that you can actually take advantage of that, you'll find it's easier to fall asleep, you know, stay asleep. Um, so that circadian rhythm then allows you to say, okay, if I'm a manager and I'm helping my team optimize their day, should I have a bunch of one-on-ones and team meetings right in the morning peak when people are most creative, most efficient? Yeah. Definitely right? Like that's the time when like there should be <laughs> no. no communication yeah. and everyone's focused getting their work done. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, Hey, when you're, when you're in your, you know, afternoon dip, that's when like you should go on your lunch one-on-one -on -one walks and you should engage the team on things that maybe aren't as high capacity. Um, and so that's sort of, as you think about applying that science to your day, um, mm. it can really help reorganize. So I think a lot of people have felt that they perform different times differently. Oh, I'm a morning right. person, I'm a late person. Um, but this, the, the core concept is that you do have very different times, uh, to perform. So those are the two big ideas. If you know those and master those, yep. like that's how you get the benefit. And there, the, the science shows that there's really nothing beyond that, that you can do to make a material, uh, yep. improvement against, against any outcome. That is, uh, enormously illuminating Jeff. And this is coming from someone who, you know, I've done it, you know, done the reading, I have an aura ring, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm all, all into the sleep stuff, right? And, uh, and it's so useful to know it's those two pieces that are most fundamental to pay attention to sleep debt and circadian rhythm. And when I think about the most sort of direct application for leaders about this or the way that I sort of, you know, kind of internalize this for, for folks who are listening, who are, who, yeah, who are leading is 
the importance of doing this more than anything, yes, creativity, yes, for optimizing your team's performance, but actually, and this is related to what you what you talked about, is can you build your sort of length of rope that you have for dealing with all the shit? So possibly one of the most common things I hear from managers is, Oh my God, Claire, there are so many things I'm doing. There are so many decisions I have to make. You know, people are coming to you with, uh, you know, complaints. People are talking, you know, bad mouthing each other. You might have to fire someone. I mean, in these times of COVID, you have to do layoffs. Yeah. Like this job is stressful. Yep. <laughs> it is so yes. yeah. hard. And I think, yeah. you know, we, and I'm sure, you know, you've, you've looked at the research around this, but, but in stressful situations, that sort of rope that we give ourselves to react in a way that is calm and measured and incisive becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. And so I just think about all the time as a leader, like, how am I, how can I sort of extend that rope? And I, I there is a better metaphor that exists. Yeah. It's just not coming to me, but the, the, you know, just extending some, some sort of rope here, right? I like Where, that. I do like that way of thinking about it. It's, but it's because we, I mean, there, we need that emotional slack, so so to speak, right? Totally. You know, and th it's not my field of expertise, but um, one, a, a researcher that does specifically this work, his name is Chris Barnes, wrote a really nice piece in the Harvard Business Review in 2016 about some of the research he had been doing. And what's so fascinating mm. about his work is that he specifically looks at um, how does sleep affect uh, sort of perceptions of leadership in the workplace? So what happens when you have a leader and they're getting six hours of sleep? What yeah. happens to the perception of that leader from their direct reports when they're getting eight hours of sleep? What happens to the perception of that leader um, when their sleep actually hasn't changed, but the employees are getting less sleep? What happens? Mm. And so he's looked at all of this. And, and in one of the actually has a study directly on what you're sort of talking about with this like rope lengthening. Um, mm -hmm. And it's specifically around calls the abusive uh, sort of behavior in a, in a manager to direct report relationship. Yeah. And what he finds is abusive behavior goes way up as you've uh, gotten less sleep. And sort of, again, how, why is that? So sleep debt's now high. Yep. What does that mean? Your body's sort of in a fight or flight response. It's releasing a ton of cortisol. But on top of that, if you're to image the brain at night and actually look at what's happening. So you've got the, and again, I'm not an expert on neuroscience here, but uh, this is what helps me think about it. You have your amygdala, which is sort of your emotional part of the brain. And then you have your prefrontal cortex, which is sort of helping you regulate all your emotions. Like you want right. to burst out, and, and a, but your prefrontal cortex is keeping you in check, all the executive functioning. And what you see is as your sleep debt increases, the literally the, the connection between your emotional part of your brain, the amygdala, and the prefrontal cortex starts mm. shrinking away. Like wow. the, the, the body, like you, you don't need emotion right now. Like we need to escape these pack of lions that, you know, right. are taking our food. You need to just mobilize all short-term resources and go. Um, yeah. And so that's how the body, as you get less sleep than you need, you know, the mm -hmm. body is reacting in that fight or flight sort of response. And obviously that's why if you, you know, read Matt Walker's book or look at any of the science on longevity, your longevity gets cut short, your chronic disease rate wow. goes high because of that, that sort of behavior. So um, yeah, I mean, sleep is, it, it increases abusive behavior and manager direct report relationships. Um, you'll see it in uh, just measures of also charismatic leadership goes way down. Like it mm, is yeah. surprising 
Yeah. It's just surprising to see, but um, but but there are researchers that look at this stuff and study it oh day in day God. out, which is kind of the part. It is yeah. in the science. Now that is that is so massively useful, and and I'm sure for folks who are are listening, they they might be already planning their their bedtime tonight to try to optimize exactly. for this. But I mean, here's here's the brilliant thing that that you've done, Jeff, which is that you've you've built a company that helps calculate this and helps people actually um, actually figure out what is my sleep debt and what is my circadian rhythm. So for folks who are listening and watching this, if you're thinking, uh, yeah, how do I figure out what mine is? Make sure to go to risescience.com where you can go to the app store and download Rise. And again, you don't have to buy a gadget or anything to, to track it. It's just yep. all in, in the data that um, that you have existing. And and then you also work with teams on this as well, right? Mobilizing yeah. sales teams. You've worked with, I think, mm-hmm. even elite athletics teams in the past to help optimize performance as well. Yeah. No, and the way sort of this happened was doing yeah. research at Northwestern, specifically on taking wearable device data and making it useful. So how do right. you turn like all the deluge of data that Aura is giving you or your Fitbit's giving you, mm-hmm. make that to something that actually helps you uh, get these real world, real world results that you know we've all heard about, and so we—that's really the the research that um, myself and my co-founder were focused on, and um, ended up finding a place for this within Northwestern's football team. The results there were so mm-hmm. strong that other pro teams started finding out, and so we were graduating. It was like you know Bill Belichick calling us up saying, "Well, can you do this for us?" You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. act- well now. Bill, Bill, Bill's a supporter, but uh, you know now <laughs> almost. Name a pro team, name a college team, and likely we've worked with them. Uh, and just the results are just more impactful than anything else that they could do. Mm. Um, and more recently started applying a, a lot of this uh, to the workplace where it's just so important. Definitely yes. you mentioned sales teams. We've got a lot of experience working with them and sort of measuring the return on investment of sleep in a sales context. Um, and having a chance to work with a lot of companies, too, that just see this yep. as a priority and want to help their employees with something that matters. So Incredible. Well, Jeff, I I can't thank you enough for first of all just the work that you're doing to begin with. It's important work, and second of all for sharing such incredible insights that um, yeah that remind us to to focus on really what's what's most important so we can show up in our best selves. And and I think you know personally just just most meaningful is your sharing your own sort of struggles and vulnerability around the fact that it is okay to not always be okay. And sleep can help us with that. Yeah, I'm working. It is. Uh, it can, and I'm still working on it. So I've got a long way to go. And um, I still get that emotional, like, when things aren't okay, it feels like things aren't okay. But I'm so I'm working on that actively. But, uh, but yeah, I, I sleep I just continually see my days that are hardest like oh yep my sleep debt was seven hours eight hours yeah I mean it's just so simple it's like just get it right like just get your sleep (laughs) debt keep it low and life is so much better Um, and just can't emphasize enough how much of a difference it will make and you know will it ensure you to be your very best no but there's it's certainly the case that without keeping your sleep debt low without planning your day along your circadian rhythms there is no way for you to be your best. I mean, that's just sort of a scientific right. uh, discovery. So, um, and it's just one of these things like it's in our control and you just feel so much better, but it is hard to do. And I think relevant to all the leaders out there, if you're in a leadership position, there's a much higher chance you're also getting far less sleep so right. that, than the average person. So it's particularly important because 
your work, how you show up affects so many people, affects mm-hmm. all those people's families, affects just the humanity around us. So, uh, you know, please uh, take it seriously. And, and it should be a responsibility that you, um, you know, think about your sleep debt every night. Thank you so much, Jeff. I'll be Sorry. rising to your to your rally and call, and I hope everyone <laughs> everyone here will too. It's um, no, it's important. So thank you so much for encouraging us cool. all to take that step, and uh, yeah, appreciate everything. Thanks. Yeah, thank you.